We want to welcome you to our midweek Bible study. It is such an amazing honor to be with you on this evening. As we get ready to start on this evening, I want you to go ahead and share this with somebody. Uh, welcome to Liberty Christian Church International and our midweek Bible study right here. Uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We are going to open up with a small word of prayer for this evening. As we get started, make sure you grab your Bibles, grab your pen, grab your paper so we can begin on this evening. Got a lot of stuff to get to, uh, a lot of scripture, a lot of word that we're going to get it. We're going to dive into in this evening. So if all hearts and minds are prepared and ready, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this opportunity on this day, God, to serve you, God. Serve our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. Serve our Alpha and Omega. Serve you from the bottom of our heart. For your word declares that we must worship you in spirit and in truth. So God, as we worship you on this day, God, first and foremost, we thank you for bringing us through this day, bringing us through dangers seen and unseen. We thank you, God, for forgiving us, God, as we come to you with a repentant heart. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins and our trespasses and those things that we've done against your will, your purpose, and your plan, oh God. So God, right now, we ask right now that you cast all of our sins into the sea of forgiveness, never to be remembered again, God. And as we begin to dive into your word on this evening, God, your word declares that we study to show ourselves approved of workmen who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of God. So God, give us clear to hear your word. Give me, give us divine revelation to understand your word and give us practical ability to apply your word, God. For we walk by faith, we talk by faith, and we sow by faith, God. So we thank you in advance for what you're going to do on this evening. Now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray, the name that is above all other names, the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise on this evening. Amen. It is an awesome time. Do me a favor once again and go ahead and share this with somebody. Um, we're getting ready to dive into some amazing word. If you're on Zoom and you want to participate, uh, you can reach us on Zoom and our uh, the meeting ID number is 929-6669. 8677 and the passcode is LCCIMD with a capital L. But I want you to uh, grab your Bibles, grab your pens, grab whatever you may have, your Bibles, your cell phones, whatever it may be, and lift them up for me. And so we can make our Bible declaration and repeat after me Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm so excited about continuing on this evening. And we've been dealing with this subject and this topic of uh, walking in kingdom excellence, walking in kingdom excellence. Last week, I got into a new phase and a new chapter with this dealing with uh, simply um, uh, 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 what it means to be a different, me, what it means to dare to be different. Amen. Dare to be different. And like I said, I have a lot of scripture for you for this evening. And if you're on with us, um, please make sure that you have your Bibles. I told you, we, we, we got to dive into some word and we're going to get into some word and we're going to get into this thing. Get your, get your, uh, get your loved ones, um, bring the kids in. They can learn some, some, something from this as well. Amen. But as you can see right now, we're learning to be excellent as a kingdom citizen, a kingdom citizen. What is that? Knowing that we have divine rights, we have divine authority as we are children of God, as we have given our life back to God, as we have become his citizens. The Bible says that we are adopted in the beloved, that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, the citizens of the kingdom of God. Just like uh, for the most part, everybody that's listening, whatever country you may be a citizen of, where, whether it's the United States or other countries, there are certain inalienable rights that you have being a kingdom, being a citizen 
citizen of that country. If you're here, we have democracy here, and there are certain rights that we have. We have the right to freedom of speech. We have the right to bear arms. We have the right to certain things that the Constitution gives us. And there's also a Constitution in heaven that we've been learning about, a Constitution that gives us the right to be heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus, the Constitution that gives us the right to, uh, to, to petition our Father um, and ask Him for things in His Son Jesus' name, the right to, uh, to pray for healing, the right to pray for deliverance, the right to be set free from guilt and shame, the right to be set free from sins. And tonight, I really want to deal with the second part of this dare to be different, dare to be different. We got into Scripture last week, and we left off at this 1 Peter 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, and it says this, um, but ye are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And it goes on to say this, uh, for you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Meaning that when you weren't a people of God, that, that even though we think that everybody has mercy, everybody does not have mercy. Because if you're not a child of God, you do not have mercy. But when you, become, when you come into the kingdom of God, that's where grace and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And it says, but now you have received mercy. And in the understanding of that and where we are right now, in dealing with this, those who have received Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior are not like the rest of the world, and neither should they seek to be. That means you should not want to look like that person that's next to you that's not a child of God, that person that's next to you that walks according to the flesh, that walks according to the standards of the world. You should not seek or desire to be like them, to seek to, to want the things that they want. Yes, it's nice to have finer things I told you last week. Yes, it's nice to have the big house. Yes, it's nice to have the car. But but the Bible says, I pray that you prosper so as your soul prospers. Those that are in the world pray that they prosper and don't care about their soul. They don't care where their resting place is. They they think that as long as they're good, that they're a good person, that they're automatically going to go to heaven without making the confession of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But us as kingdom citizens know that we live by a mandate that we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we accept his nature, that we become like him, and we operate in the earth like him. So that should make you different than what the world says, different than what the world has been, different than what uh, the world looks like. So right now, if we're dealing with this and we're understanding that, that then we have to make a conscious effort to dare to be different. Somebody say, I got to dare to be different. So now, if we looked at 1 Peter 2 and 9 and then looked at 1 John, the second chapter, looking at the 16th verse, it says this, for all that is in the world, get this, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Yeah, he says it real simple, that, that the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes are boastful, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father. That means it's not from God. God's standards is not for you to lust after the worldly things in this, uh, the worldly things that we see on a daily basis. Lust, to chase after it and willing to do anything for it. That's the definition of lust. Going after something with the unnatural ability or unnatural desire to obtain it. He said the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. See, our eyes often look at things, and, and, and a lot of times we always see something that we desire more. You could have just cut your grass, and your grass can look perfectly green, perfectly manicured, perfectly taken care of, but when you walk down the street, you see your neighbor, and your neighbor may have cut their grass in a certain pattern, and then you begin to say, well, my grass has brown spots in it. My grass has this in it, and you begin not to appreciate what you 
you already have, and you lust after what your neighbor has. You lust after the way that your neighbors look. But in reality, five, ten minutes before that, you were perfectly fine with what you had done to your own grass. So now we got to realize that in, in life, that's how we operate a lot of times. God blesses us with certain things. God gives us certain things according to the level of our faith, according to the level of what he understands that we can we can take care of. But soon as we walk and see somebody else with something else, the first thing we, be, we begin to say, well, God, I don't have enough. God, this is not this is not enough for me. God, you know I need more of this. But God said, I gave you what you can handle right now. I gave you, he said, if you are faithful with few things, I'll make you ruler over much. But the uh, but the opposite the uh the operative word is faithful over few. A lot of times we lose that faith in the few that we have because we see the bigger thing. We see something else that we want to obtain, something else that our eyes fixate on, something else that our mind fixates on. And so we lose the ability to have faith in taking care of the things that God has given us. But it says from, and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. Nobody has control over their life. I don't care how much, how protective you stay uh, or, or how much you wrap yourself in a bubble. Nobody has control over your life. Nobody has the right to say, well, I'm going to die tomorrow or I'm going to live to be 150 years old. If it's not God's will, if it's not God's purpose, we cannot boast about something that we don't control. There are people that have been healthy in perfect conditions that planned out their life for the next 10 years and woke up the next morning or did not wake up the next morning and woke up in a place where they're being judged for their past, for judged for the things that they did not do or the things that they did do. They, they did not have the ability to define or make sure that they were going to wake up in the morning. So we cannot have a boastful, uh, we cannot be boastful in the pride of our life because it is not of the Father when we do that as kingdom citizens. But guess what? It is from the world. I'm moving on real quick. Romans 12 and 2, one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, and do not be, guess what, conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit because I got some things that I need you to get and understand this. That, that once, like, once again, those who have received Christ should not want to be like the rest of them. They should not. The, the believer is not to admonish uh, to conform to this world. You should not desire to conform to the world's standards because you have a heavenly mandate. You have a heavenly standard. Uh, citizenship. You have a heavenly opportunity to be what God has called you to be. So if you have that heavenly opportunity to be what God has called you to be, you cannot sit there and dwell on what is conformed to this world because they have an access. They have a, you have a right that they don't have. You have an access that they don't have. You have an ability to speak that they don't have. You have ability to speak life into stuff that they don't have. You have the ability to chase God and seek after God that the world does not have. Yeah, the world God created the world, but everybody is not a child of God. Amen. You, you once you receive Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, then you become a child of God. You just because you were created by him does not make you child. Just because you were created by him does not give you access. Uh, uh, I use the analogy if if you design a cup holder and you place that cup holder on your table in your house. The cup holder may live in your house, but the cup holder does not have access to the inheritance. Yeah, that, that cup holder is created by the creator, which is you. But when you die, that cup holder can't go to the lawyer and say that just because he created me, I should get a part of the inheritance. No, that cup holder was a creation. And the same way in the kingdom of God, there are a lot of people who are simply the creation, but without accepting the creator as your father, you have no right to an inheritance. You have no right to kingdom mandate. You have no right to kingdom authority. So now we're going to understand that we cannot be conformed to this world, but we be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. 
that you have to you have to renew your mind on a consistent daily basis. How do you renew your mind through prayer? How do you renew your mind through worship? How do you renew your mind through listening to the word of God and applying the word of God in your life? How do you renew your mind by praying and seeking after God daily? The Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. And in the process of praying without ceasing, that means we're having intimate conversation with our daddy. We're having intimate conversation with the one who said, I sent my son to die for you. We're having intimate conversation with him so that we can grow, that we can understand, that we can progress better as kingdom citizens. We have to develop a mindset of not conforming. Somebody say, I can't conform. Because once you conform to this world's standards, you'll settle for anything and try to bring anything into the kingdom. We cannot bring anything into the kingdom. And too often the church has been abused and mishandled because we've allowed any and everything to walk through the door and remain in there. Just because you came in the kingdom one way does not mean you stay that way. When you walk through the church door with your sins and all your, 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 your brokenness, when you give your life to Christ, there should be a newness when you walk out that door. You should be able to say, God, it's something on the inside of me that's different when I came, after I came to the cross. There's something on the inside of me that transforms me, that has transformed my mind, that has changed me from the way that I used to think, the lies that I used to tell, the abuse that I used to deal with, the things that I used to do, the people that I used to be around. There should be something on the inside of you that's adverse to the nature of the world. Yeah, conforming allows you to remain the same, but transformation allows you to, re to look like something different, to become something different. He said, behold, I make all things what? New. So if I make all things, if he makes all things new, not Pastor Thomas, but if he makes all things new in your life, there should be a newness, a new desire. There should be a foul taste when it comes to the things of the world. Yes, it may take you time to overcome it, but I'm not going to say that you can't overcome it because you can be delivered instantly. Yeah, if, if your heart's desire is to be delivered instantly, if your heart's desire is to no longer fornicate, if your heart's desire is to no longer live in promiscuity, if your heart's desire is to no longer live in a certain way, he said, confess with your mouth and what? Believe in your heart. So once you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, there's a transformation that begins in your heart. So you have to dare to be different and accept this transformation. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 once again said that. And now, if we're daring to be different, I need you to grab hold of this. There are two reasons God did not take us from the earth after salvation. Anybody ever had that, wondered that question, why, if God knows who I am, if God knows uh, the things that I deal with, why didn't he just take me the moment I gave my life to him? I can go to heaven. I, once I receive salvation, that's what he really wants for me to give my life to him. So why do I remain here after he takes my life? I mean, after I give my life to him. Well, I'm glad you asked. The first thing is simply this, to continue to work, uh, to continue the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that he left, but there will be greater works that you will accomplish once he's gone because you're here longer. There has to be someone to carry the standard, someone to carry the banner, someone to hold up what he said in the earth and, and do what he said in the earth. Why? Because number two is this, to make an impact on the loss. So if you gave your life and he took you from the earth as soon as you gave your life, then you would not have, be able to give your testimony to the loss that came through the same way you did. They would not be able to see how to dare to be different. They would not see how to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. But because you've gone through the process, now you are become the kingdom ambassador, able to say, God, this is what I need. This is what God has called me to do. God, uh, uh, cousin, cousin James, this is how God changed my life. 
You're able to continue the work of Jesus Christ in the earth. You have power to trade over lions and scorpions and young adders. He said, every place to sole your feet, that land shall be given unto you. He said these things, but we have to operate with the mandate. We have to operate with the mindset that we are here to continue the work of Jesus Christ. That means bodies can be healed when we pray. That means lives can be changed when we pray. That means deliverance can take place when we pray. That means the, that the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains, not just out of our lives, but those in our circle when we pray. That means when we believe that we come in and change the environment. Somebody say, I'm an environment changer. I, I changed the environment because now if, I'm, if I've given my life unto him, now because he set me free, now because he's done a work in me, I have to walk in a way that I'm showing this to the rest of the world. Amen. I need to be separate and be ye holy. For God is holy. Why? Because now I'm saying that I'm walking with this big banner on me that says I belong to Jesus Christ. I belong as a kingdom citizen. And nobody wants to see somebody who says they belong to the kingdom operating uh, simply by the mediocrity of the world. Yeah. So, so, so we have to make an impact on the loss. Not only that. Consider this. Uh, I, we're going to look at two scriptures. We looked at two scriptures real quick, but I need you to grab hold of this real quick. There are at least two good reasons why uh, we, he didn't immediately take us out of this world. And one is because he assigns us to be to be are and to be that we are and we are to be. Now, when we look at this thing, the word are is a verb that's indicative uh, this indicative plural and the second person singular of the same word be. And what does be mean? To exist or live to take place. So I know you're saying, Pastor Thomas, well, what, what are you talking about? What, what are you truly saying when you say uh, there are two things to, uh, that we are and we are to be? Let's, let, let's, let's dive a little bit because I told you I got a lot of scripture for you on this evening. This word be is, uh, 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 is used at least 7,012 times in the Bible. This word be, once again, is used 7,012 times in the Bible. The word are is used 2,946 times in the Bible. So why is that so relevant? Because in many cases, these two articles are usually followed by an adjective, which tends to be descriptive of someone or something. Yeah, so, so every time we see the word are or be is followed with a description of who you should be. Yeah, it's followed by a precept that God has called us and looked at us and said that we should do. So let's look at some passages of Scripture where God is speaking directly and indirectly to his people and, and, and see what he's trying to tell us in this text. Okay, so, so, so now when we look at the word are, I need you to get this. Are in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. I told you, I hope y'all got your highlighters. I hope you got your pens. I hope you got your stuff with you. Uh, the, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, such were some of you, but you were what? Washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our, of our God. Such were some of you. He said, past it, such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. He, you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified. Yeah, these things had to take place in order for you to be washed by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb. When he washed you, he sanctified you. When he washed you, he justified you. But it all started with what? He washed you. And because he washed you, you, you got to understand who you are now. When we jump over to Matthew 5, verses 13 and 14, get this. This is the word. This is Jesus speaking. He says what in the beginning? You are the salt of the earth. 
Somebody declare, I am the salt of the earth. But if the salt becomes tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. He said, you are. Yeah, he, did, he didn't say you will be. He didn't say that, that later on in life, after you get into a certain nature, but once you receive Jesus Christ, he says what? You are. Yeah, he, he's, already, he's already identified what I am now. And when we talked about what it meant to be, that means to live in. So R is a plural form of B. So if, I, if, if, if he says that I am or that you are, he's telling you, listen, this is how you need to walk. This is how you need to talk. This is how you need to operate as the salt of the earth. Why? Because that means you give flavor to the earth. What flavor are you giving to the earth? The word of God. Your life. You're daring to be different. Nobody wants to see a Christian operating and acting in the same manner of the rest of the world. Yet yeah, too often do we, be too, do we get up and walk in a mediocre uh, lifestyle because we want to remain relevant in the world. But the Bible said, come out from among them. Be separate and be ye holy. You are the salt of the earth. Anybody ever needed salt to season their meat? Yeah, if, if you didn't want a different flavor with your meat, you wouldn't put salt on it. But it's something, uh, it's a different taste that you want. That's why you add salt. When you add the salt, it transforms what is already there and in place. So it transforms the meat from tasting like a bland meat. Yeah, anybody ever had meat that, was, that, that didn't have salt on it? that didn't have any spices added to it, and you like, yuck. I don't care how pretty it looks when it's cooked. I don't care how they sear it. I don't care how pink it is on the inside. I don't care how it looks. If it does not have flavor, then what? It's useless. The Bible said you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become what? Tasteless. What, is, what does it mean that, that when it says tasteless? It resorts back to what it used to be. So if you as a Christian are resorting back to what you used to be, then you've lost your flavor. You've lost what God has really put on the inside of you. You are accepting what the nature of man has said above what, God's, what God has called you to. He said, how can it be made salty again? It can't be. So you can't take salt that has lost its flavor, salt that has been saturated in, in water. You can't pick salt up and then say, oh, salt, I'm going to put you over here and dry you out, and it, has, and it regains its flavor. No, it does not regain its flavor. It has to remain the way that salt remains. And when you use salt, you're using it for an intentional purpose to accomplish a change in texture, a change in taste, a change in the way that something that was already created looks. So now God is saying, if I created you to be salt, I'm calling you to change my environment. I'm calling you to be life changers. I'm calling you to be world changers. I'm calling you to walk in liberty. I'm calling you to walk in freedom. I'm calling you to declare healing. I'm calling you to call things that are not as though they were. I'm calling you to be separate and be ye holy, for I am holy. I'm calling you to walk in righteousness. That's what it means to be the salt of the earth. Not only that, listen, John 15 and 5 says this. But oh, the second part of Matthew 13 and 14, excuse me. He said, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill which cannot be hidden. I, I used that a couple of weeks ago. We are a city. You are salted and you are lit up and you are a city that's on a hill. And God has called you for a purpose. I need somebody to look at themselves right now and simply declare, declare that God called me for a purpose. And I got to uncover this light. Yeah, you got to uncover this light. And, and, and then when you look at John, the 15th chapter, looking at the fifth verse, it says again, I am the vine. But guess what it goes on and says after that? You are. Yeah, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I am him. 
he bears much fruit. For apart from me, guess what? You can do nothing. He said, you are the branches. You extend from me. And because you extend from me, yeah, there, there's an assignment. You have to abide in me. You can't be, like I said Sunday, on both sides of the fence. You have to choose God over the world. And in your choosing God over the world, you are connecting once again because he said you are the branches. So everything that you do is a reflection of what the branch is connected to. Everything that you do is a reflection of who you say your father is. Everything that you do as a king, you don't have the right to on Monday say, I'm a child of God, but by 12 o'clock, I'm going to happy hour and I'm going to get lit and I'm going to turn up. You don't have that right. What you are saying is, God, cut me off of your, cut me off of your grace. Cut me off of your mercy. Because if I am the branch, you are. Yeah, somebody say, I am. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you are, are the branch. So if, 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 if I'm doing things opposite of the will of God, the purpose of God, and the plan of God, when I say that I am the branch, that means I have to abide by the word of God. I have to abide by the plan of God. I got to abide by the purpose of God. I got to obtain or seek righteousness and holiness in my life. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? No. But it means I'm obtaining and chasing after the plan of God for my life. He said, for apart from me, what is he saying? When you are apart from the one you connected your life to, you can do nothing. Yeah, he said, I did not call you to separate yourself from me and still have access to my abilities. Oh, somebody missed that, what I just said. If you are the branch and you disconnect the branch, how do you expect to speak blessings over your life? If you are the branch and you disconnect yourself from God, how do you expect to pray for healing? If you are the branch and you've asked God to bless you with, the, with that big, beautiful house that you have, and then you decide to disconnect yourself from the one who provided the means for you to get it, how do you expect to keep it? Get this, in, in lame and practical terms, you are on your job. When you're at your job or the company that you work with gives you certain access to that company. But the day that you tender your resignation or the day that you get fired, they collect everything from you that pertains to that job. They will, they, they will disconnect your access to computer systems. They will remove the email that even though you had that same work email for the last 15, 20 years, when you resign or are terminated, they take that email back. No, they don't care how long you've been attached to that email. They don't care how long you sat at that desk. But when you say, I'm gone, all of that access leaves. So how do you think that it's any different as you serve the kingdom of God? When you walk away from the kingdom of God, you're saying, you, you walk away and then you still say, God, well, why are you not blessing me? Well, you no longer that branch. You separated yourself. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm real with this thing tonight. You, you are. 1 John 1 and 2 says this, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Once again, you are the life that was manifested, the, the things that God has given you access to, what he's produced for you because you're a kingdom citizen. That does not mean that you have a million dollars in the bank. That does not mean you have everything that, 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 that the world says is great. And it says, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us. What did you obtain? Because now I gave my life to him, now I have access to eternal life. 
I have access to the right to the tree of life. I have access to, to, to what God has called me to. I have the blessings of God that are above my life. I have the favor of God that is on my life. I have the things of God that he has called me to be a part of. And because of that, I can be. Now, what does it mean to be? Now, let's look at this. Matthew 5 and 45. Get this. He said that you may, what? Be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his sunrise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. But he says what? That you may what? Be sons of your father in heaven. That means he's giving you access to what's perfect, to what's great, to what's mighty, to, to what has authority, and, and for you to live as sons and daughters. Let, let's be politically correct. Sons and daughters. He said that you may be sons, that you may live as sons and daughters, that you may operate as sons and daughters, that you may uh, uh, fulfill the calling of being a son and a daughter, that you may have the favor of being a son and a daughter. Do, do you get what I'm saying? That to be means to live in the basking and in the overflow of what God has called you to, what God has promised you. He said that you may be sons, and if you're a son, the Bible says that you're an heir and a joint heir. If you're an heir and a joint heir, that, 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 that he said, no good thing will I withhold from you if you walk upright before me. If you're an heir and a joint heir, he said, speak those things that are not as though they were. He, if you're an heir, if, if, you're, if you're a son of God, he said, anything you ask in my name, that shall be given unto you if you're a son of God. He said, whatever I have, you have in your life. Whatever, what, whatever authority I have, you tapped into it because you're a son and a daughter with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm the brother of Christ. He, he's my Lord and Savior, but I'm his brother. You're his brother and you're his sister. If you are learning to be that, that means you have to walk with an air about you. You, you cannot walk with an air like you belong to this world. I, I need somebody to really grab hold of that right now. You, yeah, you might wear the Louis Vuitton. You might wear the Gucci. But let me tell you, the designer wardrobe that the king of king puts on you is far more priceless than Gucci and Louis Vuitton. That robe that he wraps you up in, that new wineskin that he pours his blood in that covers you, that new wineskin that takes your life and says, no, it's not that old thing that it was. It's this new thing that I've created because I, behold, I made all things new. So if I made it new, it does not lose price value just because you've had me on for the last 10 years of your life. It does not lose price value because you got it a little dirty and it failed. Because once you stand up and dust yourself off, I'll make your garments white as snow. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but, but you cannot get a white white t-shirt that you bought and you've worn it to look the exact same way as it was when you took it out the bag. I don't care how much bleach you add to it. I don't care how much washing you do of it, but it'll never look like it looked when it first came out of the package. But there's a God who said that when I bring you out, no matter what situation you in, no matter what things you go through, no matter what trials and adversities you face, no matter what obstacles you go through, no matter how many times you all fall up, but when you look to the hills from which cometh your help, my help cometh from thee, O Lord. He said, when you call on the name of Jesus, then you shall be saved. He said, so no matter how dirty you get, when you call on my name, when you receive me as your Lord and Savior, when you get up, you're made white as snow. I don't care from the filthiest rags. I don't care from the dirtiest of situations. I don't care from where you went and what you've been through. I 
I don't care what it looks like, but right now the God that you serve said, I'm making you white as snow because you are my son and there's a standard that I have to uphold in you. And if you're going to walk with me, I need you to look like me. Somebody declare, I look like my daddy. I, I look like my daddy and I'm going to be what he called me to be. Matthew 10 and 16 says this, behold, I send you out as a sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, do what? Be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. He said, yeah, I know what I'm going to send you in the midst of. And yeah, you might look soft. You might look like you don't have no power and authority, but I'm going to make sure that you're wise as the serpent, and but yet as harmless as the dove. I'm going to make sure that my authority and my anointing walks before you, and it goes before you as your power and your protection. It goes behind you as your guide. It goes to the left of you as your friend, the right of you as your, uh, your, 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 uh, your adversary. It goes with you no matter what you do because I'm sending you out in the midst of this world. And yeah, they think you a sheep. They think that they can push over on you, but yet and still my word will stand true in your life. So you just be, be that sheep. In the midst of wolves, you don't have to put on the wolf, the, the, the outfit of the wolf to fit in. Be the sheep that God called you to. Why? Because the lamb slain for the world was more powerful than any wolf that tried to attack. The lamb slain for the world delivered the world. The lamb slain for the world set you free. The lamb slain for the world brought you out of your mess, brought you out of your hurt, brought you out of your pain, brought you out of abusive situations, brought you out of financial trouble. It brought you through from a mighty long way. So somebody declare that I'm the sheep in the garden. I'm the sheep of God. I'm the sheep in the midst of the wolf. So now if you realize what you're supposed to be, you're to be the salt in the light of the earth. You're to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You're to be the sheep but let's, let's, let's go even deeper. I told you this Bible study. Let's go a little bit deeper on today. Get this. After salvation, we must be different to make an impact. We have, we're, we're making an effort to do what? Live free from sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After salvation, we must be different to make an impact in the world. Yeah, so, so, so now let's, let's look at Titus 2 and 12. It says this, teaching us that denying ungodliness and what? Worldly lust. We should do what? Live soberly. We should live righteously. And we should live a, a, and be godly in the present age. Yeah, I, I need you to get this. In the present age. Not tomorrow, but right now, you should be living godly in the present age. You should be living soberly. That means with a sound mind. That, 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 I, I know some of you like, well, I don't drink, I don't do this, I don't do all that. No, soberly means operating with a sound mind. Righteously. There's a standard that you have to live righteously and godly. They go together soberly, righteous, sound mind, doing the things of God, and emulating what Christ looked like in the earth, in the present age. Yeah, this is what you're supposed to be doing. It, see, the, the quality God expects from his people are expressed in these scriptures. If he said soberly, that you got to change the way you're thinking, the way that you're operating, the way that you're functioning, the way that you're moving, the things that you've been doing. You have to change some things about you. Amen. So now, not only that, let's look at this. First Peter 2 and 9 and 10, where we started at the beginning. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He said, let, let's, let's look at that. You are a what? Chosen. There, there go that word first again. You are chosen. Let's take the A out of there. You are chosen. 
That means I was selected. Somebody, you, you should feel happy right there that God selected you. He selected your generation. Yeah, he, he called your generation. Even though people said you were lost, the Bible says that when one sheep is lost, he'll leave the 99 to go find that one. So if a generation is lost, I believe that God said, when you are chosen, I'll leave the 99. I'll leave the church. Oh, somebody about to make me real happy with this. He said, I'll leave the four walls of the church because the lost generation is not walking in through the church doors. I'll leave the four walls of the church. And if I got to do it on Facebook, if I got to do it on Instagram, if I got to do it on Snapchat, if I got to do it on TikTok, if I got to do it on Twitter. If I got to do it through the drunk man on the corner, I'm coming to the lost because the lost, that's my sheep. And I don't care how down great, how down they've gotten. I don't care how far they've gotten away from me. They're my lost sheep. And he said, I'll leave the 99. I'll leave those that are comfortable. I'll leave those who have forgotten who I am. And I'm going to leave and chase after the one to my dear heart, the one that's closest to me. I'm going to leave the 99 and go after the one. So now we got to realize that even in this pandemic that God is calling us out of these four walls, out of the place that we've been at and going saying go into the world and make disciples of all men. My lost sheep are out there. I'm tired of you being so happy and so high and mighty in those pulpits. I, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. I'm tired of you being so happy and high and mighty with your big hats on. I'm tired of them nice suits. I'm tired of them nice dresses. I'm tired of you thinking that you better than everybody. So I'm leaving the house and I'm going outside to chase those that have a yearning for my desire, a yearning for my anointing, a yearning to praise me, a yearning to find out who I am and who I can be. Yeah, you knew who I was, but now I gotta go get some new wineskin to pour my anointing in. I gotta go get some new people to save them and show them who I can be in their life because you have become a chosen generation. He said a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you, may pro that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you, what? Out of darkness. Yeah. Into his marvelous light. You're not going to find the next remnant in this bright, built, beautiful sanctuaries. This next remnant that is getting ready to be radical. This next remnant that is getting ready to turn over stones. This next remnant that is going to worship like never before. This next remnant that is getting ready to change the course and the environment is not coming from this place. It's coming out of a dark place because once they come out of darkness into God's marvelous light, there's going to be a praise that's release in the atmosphere that's going to break the stronghold of the enemy that's going to break the hand of Satan that's going to break the powers of the enemy the forces the things that the enemy has tried to set up the remnant that's coming is coming and when it comes it's coming mighty are you ready to ride the remnants yeah the darkness into his marvelous light get, get this because the 10th verse says who once were not a people but now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but, have had, but now have obtained mercy. Yeah, they, they, they did not have the mercy of God. But God said, you know what? Uh, just like he just like the master that called his friends to come eat dinner with them. And each one of them had something to do. Each one of them got so high and mighty about their status. The one who had a wife. I can't leave my wife to come eat with you, master. The one who had the, the, the land. I, I got to tend to this new land that I purchased. I can't come eat with you, master. The one who said I, I'm, I'm, I'm out here doing this other stuff. I can't come eat with you. The Bible said that the master told his servant, yeah, you you went to them more than one time now go into the world and tell them and just invite those that you see those who have a desire to want and to come and eat with me somebody missed what I just said God is looking for those who ready to come and eat with him those who are ready to come and sit at his feet that don't care about how they look but they know the master is calling that don't care about church protocol but know the master is calling that don't care about how your traditions were but the master is calling don't care about your apostolic don't care about your baptist don't care about your pentecostalism don't care about your catholicism but they're coming because they know the master is calling somebody declared that i'm coming 
I'm coming, I'm coming. And he said, them, they obtain mercy. They obtain mercy. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but God is calling you back. He said, I see you and I'm handling, I'm holding on to you right now. Don't think about what everybody else thought about you, but I'm drawing you back in. Yeah, you broken by the divorce. Yeah, you broken because you was an abuser. Yeah, you broken because you, you were abused. Yeah, you're broken because you've been through hell and high water, but you're the one I'm calling back into my marvelous life because if I can deliver you, it bears witness to my power. If I can deliver you from being a whoremonger, it, del- it gives testament of my power. If I can deliver you, that changes the course of the life. He said, but now that's the person that obtains mercy. That's the person that I'm calling for. Yeah, get, get this. Ephesians 3 and 20 says this. I'm just about done. I'm, I'm trying to get done with this. He said, now to him who is able. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Now to him who is able. This is supposed to be Bible study. I'm supposed to be teaching this thing, but I'm getting happy. He said, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in who? In us. He said, I've changed the narrative about you. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly. Now unto you, God, that you can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask or think. When I believe in deliverance for one person, God, you can deliver a whole city. When I believe in deliverance for a whole city, you can, be- you can deliver a whole state. When I believe in deliverance for a whole state, you can believe a whole, you can deliver a whole nation. I need about 10 of y'all, about 15 of y'all to somebody start believing for healing for this land over this pandemic, healing over COVID. He said, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. By faith, the world was formed. By faith, Moses parted a Red Sea. By faith, you got up and came to the cross. By faith you had, you got delivered from your sickness. By faith you got married. By faith you hold on. By faith you're doing the things that God has called you to. And if God has called you out of a dark place, if God has released you by faith, don't let nobody turn you back to that. Somebody testify now unto him who is able. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Proverbs 23 and 7 says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It says, eat and drink, he says, but his heart is not with you. Satan's heart is not with you. Satan does not want to see you be blessed. He does not want to see you eat, drink, and be merry. He's doing that so that you can die unto damnation, that you can sit with him in hell, that you can be cast into the lake of fire. But the Bible says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking in your hearts? Are you daring to be different? Or are you accepting Satan at his work? Yeah. Romans 12 and 2, I'm going to finish with it again. It says, now do not be conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed. How, how many people can declare I'm, I'm a transformer? That's one of my favorite movies. That's, that was my favorite cartoon as a child. I, I didn't like the Decepticons, even though they had the cool jets and they had the nice flying stuff and the nice guns. But I always saw myself running with Optimus Prime. I always seen myself as an Autobot, a defender and a protector. Yeah, even when the Autobots look, it, when you saw uh, Transformers, even when the Autobots look like they was about to get knocked down there was always a ram in the bush oh I'm coming down somebody's street real quick no matter what it looks like in your life right now if you serve the true and living God if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior there's always a ram in the bush I don't care when you're what you're going through whether it's financial there's always a ram in the bush I don't care if it's your health there's always a ram in the bush I don't care what it looks like the Bible says that weeping may 
may endure for a night, but that ram is going to bring joy in the morning. Uh, somebody missed what I just said. Weeping may endure for a night, but guess what? Joy comes in the morning. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy. See, I, I'm trying to tell you what that ram is. See, when you cried last night and woke up this morning and you felt refreshed, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord built, picks you up when you felt like you can't get up. The joy of the Lord said, I'm walking with you even when you don't know I'm there. The joy of the Lord said, I dare you to be different and watch what I can shift in your life. The joy of the Lord says, when you bow down and worship me, the joy of the Lord says, when you pray uh, consistently to me, I'm going to shift some things in your life. When you don't act the way that they want you to act, I'm shifting some things. When you don't give them, because the enemy is what? The accuser of the brethren, and all he knows is how you used to be. Yeah, somebody missed that. The enemy only knows how you used to be, but the glory of the Lord, the transformation of the Lord will turn what you used to be into a testimony of who you become now. And God said now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all. You might look the same in the mirror, but something has shifted on the inside of you. Something has changed on the inside of you. I told you this was Bible study, but there's a new thing that God is ready to do in you. There's a new work that God has called you to. He said, if I called you out of darkness, don't let them cast you back into darkness. If I called you out of the place that they thought that they had you at, don't go back to that place to prove nothing. Keep walking in what I called you to do and dare to be different. Dare to be different. Dare to be different. First John 2, 15 and 16, and I'm just about done. He said, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. You got to get to this place of saying, God, I know I got nice stuff. God, I know all the things that peak the accolades and stuff, but, but I, if, if, if I don't have you, if I don't have you, I don't want it. I don't want any of it, God. I, <coughs> I'm here to serve you. I'm here to walk with you, God. I'm here to be who you called me to be, God. And from that, the 16th verse said, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. What he said is, listen, I know. I know in the pride of life is not of the Father. I need you to get rid of the pride. John 15 and 19 says this. Jesus said this. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yeah. Yet because you are not of the world. There's, there's that word again. Yet because you are not of the world. But guess what? He said, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, guess what? The world hates you. You wondering why you can't get along with people. The same jokers that you used to get along with five years ago. You wondering why you can't get along with the same girlfriends from 15 minutes ago. You wonder why they, they seem adverse. They don't call you to hang out. They don't call you to do stuff with them because it's something on the inside of you that's adverse to the spirit they operate in. Your boys don't call you no more because you've made a change in your life. You keep trying to say, I'm the same Thomas. I'm the same Deacon and Sandy. I'm the same Lewis. I'm the same Veronica. I'm the same Antoine. I'm the same Bradley. I'm the same one. But God said, no, because I called you out of this world. I chose you out of this world. It's time for you to be something different. They're not going to like you because you love me. They're not going to accept you because you accept me. He said, so they'll hate you, but they'll hate you for my name's sake. And because they hate you, you got to learn how to walk still. You got to still walk amongst them as a kingdom citizen. 
You know, those who inherit wealth and have generational wealth don't care about those that don't like them. They don't care because what they have, mm, 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 they feel like it belongs to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for you to start feeling like what God, who God is in your life, it belongs to you. Mm, mm, mm. You got to start feeling like that I'm different because of what belongs to me. Mm, mm, mm. I, I can't make, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to act like it's not, it, it's not enjoyable being a kingdom citizen. Because what, what I have belongs to me. Some, somebody testimony, I done fought too hard. I done been through too much hell. Yeah, you, you don't like me because God is blessing me, but what I have belongs to me. Yeah, I, my inheritance belongs to me. I can show you how to get your inheritance. I can tell you about a man that died on an old rugged cross. I can tell you that he not only died, but he got up out the grave. I can tell you what to say, but you got to believe it in your heart and receive it. And just like what I have belongs to me, what he has for you belongs to you. The song says, what God has for me is for me. Yeah. If all hearts and minds are full, Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we have received your word on this evening, God, and we have dared to be different, God, and we're learning how to dare to be different, and we're learning how to embrace this kingdom life and this kingdom understanding and walking as a kingdom citizen. God, I ask you right now that everybody under the sound of my voice truly have an experience with you right now where the Holy Spirit enters into their place of residence, into their heart, into their state of call, their state that they're called to right now, God, and deliver them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, they may be living in a certain state, but you're calling them out of that state into a new place, God, that God, the old rules of that state are no longer uh, uh, acceptable and they have to operate under the new state that they live in. As a kingdom citizen, their state laws have changed from that of the world and God, we ask you right now to deliver your people in the name of Jesus. Father, you're a way maker, you're a miracle worker, you're a healer, your protector, your restorer, your lover. You, you are love, God. So God, right now, every person under the sound of my voice, God, meet them in that place where, where, where you can do the unthinkable. Uh, your scripture said, now unto them that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us, God. So supersede what we can think or what we can say out of our mouth. Supersede what our minds fathom, what our mind processes think, what our mind thought processes are right now supersede that in the name of Jesus and call forth us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Call forth for your sheep right now so that your sheep will hear your voice and they'll return to you, oh God. So God, call forth of your remnant right now that is simply in a dark place and they're hearing your voice, but they can't follow it right now. Call them out of darkness into your marvelous light. From the youngest to the oldest, from the most hurt to those who think they have no hurt going on. God, deal with them in the place that they are to seek after you. And we give you all the glory. We call families restored. We call homes restored. We call relationships restored. We call minds restored. We call fathers and daughters restored. We call sons and fathers restored. We call mothers and daughters restored. We call mothers and sons restored. We call faith right now to restore the, the, the fabric that you've called us into. That spirit of brokenness command you with a cease and desist order right now in the name of Jesus. That spirit of brokenness, that spirit of brokenness cease and desist right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
Jesus' name we pray. Now God allowed this word to be followed by signs, miracles, and wonders in the lives of the people that this touches right now in the name of Jesus. You know the miracles they need. Miracles are still happening. Miracles are still available. The Bible said, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Whatever the miracle is that you need, God is saying, I'm here. I love you enough that I'm here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. If there's anything that you need right now, God is saying, I'm here. I'm a way maker. I'm a healer and I'm a deliverer. Don't miss this opportunity in your life to be, to dare to be different. If you're not saved, the Bible said, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. We're done. But he said, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that my son died for you. Not only did he die, he died with all your sins. He died with all your issues. He died with all the things that you go through. He took it to the grave. But the, the, the great part about Jesus is that not, he didn't just stay in the grave, but the Bible says that he got up from the grave. And because he got up from the grave, he took every sin that you had and he became the sacrifice for it. Love you with the love of God. And as we close out, remember this, live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Join me this Sunday for our, for our 4.30 service. We're still dealing with the prayer shift. This Sunday is going to be a powerful Sunday. I'm giving you a preview right now. We're dealing with forgiveness and faith. The F, the F in shift stands for forgiveness and faith. You need to tune in 4.30 p.m. If you want it, we are, we are available for limited capacity. If you want to reserve a space, contact us on our website. Contact us by our text number. Contact us. We will take names. We can't put more than 25 people in here. We have more than enough space. But contact us. If you, if, if you need to deal with forgiveness, yeah, if you need to deal with forgiveness, you want to know why your prayers are being hindered. You need to deal with forgiveness, and then you need to operate in faith. Join us, 15222 Old Chapel Road, Bowie, Maryland, 20715. 15222 Old Chapel Road, Bowie, Maryland, 20715. Once again, Reach out on our website, www.lccimd.org. Register right now. I need 15 of y'all in the house with me. 15 of y'all in the house with me. Protective masks. We have masks available on site. We are social distancing. We have masks available. But I, if you are in need of forgiveness, a deliverance in the area of forgiveness, meet us right here. I love you with the love of God. Be blessed and go in peace. Have a wonderful day.